0: And thank you for coming out. I, I so enjoy these times that we have, and you can be seated, please. And um, I, I just want to encourage you and build you up. There, there are so few churches that meet on Sunday nights. and there, there are some of those churches that are meeting uh, that the church inside is so dark you can't even see to get to your seat. So you are to be uh, grateful that you have church and that you um, have pastors that are here to minister to you all the time and that you can see. <laughs> I really don't understand that, you know. We're, we're creatures of light. Uh, uh, <laughs> so uh, I would like to do something tonight that I have never done, so... Um, I don't know how many of you remember this, but in 1963, uh, Pastor Hagen, um, Kenneth E. Hagen Sr., had a visitation from the Lord. Now, I wasn't even saved, but after I got saved in the 70s, I heard about this. Now, Pat Harrison sent me a copy of it, so I'm going to read it to you because it has, it has to do with where we are now in our culture and what's going on now So um, I'm going to read it to you uh, all the way through first, and then I'm going to come back and take uh, different pieces of it, because that's what uh, the Lord impressed me to do. And you'll see why uh, after you hear it. Now this was 1963, and uh, I'm going to read it to you all the way, and then I'll come back and, and dissect it. Yea, the hand of the Lord was upon me, The Spirit of God moved upon me. The voice of God spoke unto me and said, Come up, come up hither, son of man. And as I went, I I went up into the air and I stood before him, the head of the church, the Lord Jesus. And as I looked down on the ground, I could see as a map laid out before me the entire nation, all the states of the continental United States. And as I looked, he said, Behold, son, I'll show you that which shall come to pass And what the eyes of many shall see, and they shall remember that their ears heard that it will come to pass. There came a dark hand out of the ocean from the east, the Atlantic Ocean. It came up out of the sea as a hand, and as it rose up into the air, it became a dark cloud. It filled the whole atmosphere, and it swept inland like a storm from the sea. And I said, Oh Lord, Lord, what is the meaning of this? And he spake unto me and said, Son, that is the darkness of atheistic communism that is sweeping across the nation. Now this is 1963. Uh, Even in the midst of men's minds in high places and politicians with great power. Now this is... I'm going to deal with how, you, how you're supposed to live and walk in the Spirit during these times. It's the only way... That you're ever going to be uh, joyful and fruitful because you cannot live according to what's going on in the culture. Um, he said, the darkness of atheistic communism sweep across the nation. It will this nation, talking about America, shall not grow more strong, and you shall never have more liberty than you have right now. 1963. But liberties that you've known shall be seized and taken away from you. And that's happened. I looked again and I could see upon the map a blot, though a bottle of ink had been spilled, and it spread over several states in the south and east. Then I looked and I could see spot, spots, and I said, What meaneth this? And God said, Communistic inspir- inspired hatred among the races, shall cause greater turmoil than your nation has ever seen before. It's not the will of God, but men's hearts are perverse. They walk without the love of God, and they seek to have their own way. And so it shall be worse than you have ever seen. And I said, oh Lord, Lord, is there a remedy? What shall the answer be? And he said, evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceived and being deceived. Now I'm going to explain to you what all this means. Then I said, Lord, do we have nothing to look forward to in the future except this darkness, the blackness, the war, the destruction, the evil? Then he said, son of man, forget not your text. For you look at the things not seen. So then I looked in the spirit realm, and I saw a falling upon that map a ball of fire from heaven. (laughs) I get excited about, because I'm going to tell you what all of this is, and show you the scriptures for it. I saw a ball of fire fall from heaven, and the closer to the earth, the bigger it got. Then when it came to the earth, it divided up into small balls or sparks of fire, and fell upon men, and I saw an army of men rise up. It seemed as though their hands were fire, and there sat upon their heads tongues of fire. When I first saw it, I thought their whole head was on fire. But it was a tongue of fire, tongues of fire leaping. And I said, Lord, what does this mean? He said, before the worst shall come, and the day of darkness shall come, There shall go those who shall carry the fullness of my truth and my fire, not only to the states in this nation, but to many other places. For there is a work that must be done first spiritually before the Lord shall come. Now prepare your hearts, for the time is at hand, and the beginning is now, and you shall see, and you shall know. For the hand of the Lord is upon you, and many others, to be used in these last days, and the work shall progress. And I said, O oh Lord, thank you that I may have a small place in the work. He said, I will cause your tent to be enlarged. You'll have an enlarged ministry and shall minister to many. For you've ministered to a few. Therefore go back to the earth and be faithful and give forth that which I tell you to give. For you've been reluctant in days gone by to tell it. Now tell it boldly and speak the truth. For now the day is come. For the word of the Lord came to me saying, The prophetic vision shall be restored to the church. Now let me tell you what that means, because that's what I'm going to do here tonight. Prophetic vision means divine order of current or future events. It means divine order of current or future events. Makes sense or truth out of things that are going on. For even in the days of old, under the old covenant, the prophet would see a vision and prophesy. So the prophetic vision shall be restored to the church. This is the time, this is the hour, this is the place. Now, Father, we thank You as we read this prophetic utterance, this vision that Brother Hagin had. I thank You, Holy Spirit, that You will give me clarity to explain this according to your word. So we can all be edified. Let's just lift up our hands and worship the Lord right now. Father we worship you. We praise you. Give us ears to hear Lord. Holy Spirit we thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Okay. First of all, when he starts off, and he realizes it's 1963. Next year, 2023. This will have been 60 years ago. 60 years ago when he spoke this by the Spirit of the Lord. Uh, <clears throat> he said, there came a dark hand... Out of the ocean from the east, the Atlantic Ocean, it came out of the sea, rose up into the air, became a dark cloud, and filled the whole atmosphere. It swept inland like a storm from the sea. And I said, Lord, Lord, what is the meaning of this? He said, Son, this this darkness is atheistic communism that will sweep across the nation. Even the minds of men in high places, politicians with great power, this nation shall not grow more strong, and you shall never have more liberty than you have right now. But these liberties that you know shall be seized and taken away from you." I looked again and I could see the map, a blot, like a bottle of ink had been spilled. It spread over several states in the south and the east. I asked, I could see the spots blotched all over the map. I said, Lord, what does this mean? He said, Communistic inspired hatred among races shall cause greater turmoil than your nation has ever seen before. Now what happened in 1963, 1964? uh, Aligned with the dark spots, the blotch, the racial hatred. Can anybody tell me? The Civil Rights Movement. Martin Luther King gave his I Have a Dream speech. 1964, the Civil Rights Amendment was approved. All this racial hatred that we've seen in our country For the last 60 years was represented here uh, in this word. And notice it says uh, he used the term atheistic communism. I don't know how many of you all know what the World Economic Forum is. It's headquartered in Switzerland. It was founded by Klaus Schwab, and uh, some of the major players and donors is George Soros, if you don't know who. Uh, Swabias, George Soros—maybe you know that name—multi-billionaires, and they heard they head up the World Economic Forum. I studied all this because as as I serve with uh, Pastor Hagee on uh, Christians United for Israel, we have to deal with these people. They they give millions and billions of dollars to actually overthrow uh, uh, capitalism, um, religion, and you know the race, the midterm uh, elections that we just had. Uh, you probably got tired of all the commercials. You know where the, uh, and this, this is all fact, you can find it online. On George Soros gave $128 billion of his own money to fund the Democrat uh, agenda. If you've done any studying on it, you know, all you heard before was a red wave. Republicans are going to take back over this and take back over there. Well, it didn't happen. So nobody understands what happened. Well, one of the theories is, is that one thing that the conservatives did not count on is that abortion would become still the number one issue. Uh, You know, the Supreme Court only reversed their decision that made abortion a constitutional right. They didn't do it with abortion. You can still get abortions anywhere you want to go uh, statewide if states will uh, allow it. So abortion is not illegal. It's just that it's not a constitutional right anymore. Now, it's illegal in Arkansas because we had a trigger law that came into place. Well, the World Economic Forum, George Soros and so forth, they gave actually, I think, $568 billion was uh, given to all the races. Uh, the the political races. This amount of money um, puts people in office. and, And most of the liberals and the socialists are the ones that want to do away with our capitalism. And, of course, World Economic Forum, they call this, they are funding for the global reset. Now, the global reset, in their minds, is a switch from capitalism to socialism to communism. But in the Bible, the global reset mentioned in Matthew 24, when Jesus spoke to His disciples, His Jewish disciples on the Mount of Olives, the the global reset has to do with the rapture of the church taking place and the beginning of the Great Tribulation period. That's going to be a global reset. (laughs) Everything's going to change. But you've got these people out here... And they they fund all of the activities that divide, all the racism. You you take a look at when uh, an issue comes up and it's definitely unjust, it's definitely racial, it's definitely wrong, but the same people always show up at these issues uh, to try and explain things, set things right. And you got to realize that they show up because that's how they get funded. They, ha- they, ha- they get funded. Did you all know uh, the Black Lives Matter movement was, is all run by Marxists? There are two ladies that are uh, avowed Marxists. They've been trained uh, Marxism and communism to keep this going because that's, that's where they get their funding, their money. It's, it's a division it's totally opposite from the Bible the Bible says <laughs> that the way men are going to know that we are disciples of Jesus is the love that we have for one another yes. hallelujah <laughs> so every time you love one another no matter what color what race what denomination whether you're good looking or ugly as long as you're as long as you love one another you feel you foil and mess up their, their plans. But this, this is what's going on, and they're trying so hard. They don't realize that this global reset is the beginning of the tribulation period. Now, we're going to be gone. Now, you can stay here and tribulate if you want to, but me and my wife, we're leaving on the first load. So, he said, it's, it, these men's hearts are perverse. And he said, they walk without the love of God, and they seek to have their own way. Now listen to this. So it shall be worse than you've ever seen. And Brother Hagin said, Lord, Lord, is there a remedy? Is there a remedy? What shall the answer be? And he said, and of course this is scriptural, evil men and seducers waxing worse and worse, deceived and being deceived. And then I said, "Oh Lord... Do we have nothing to look forward to in the future except this darkness? The blackness, the war, the destruction, the evil. Then he said, Son of man, forget not your text. Listen to this. Forget not your text. For you look at the things not seen. I'm going to go to that scripture. In fact, you can turn over there. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Look at the things not seen. (laughs) It doesn't mean they don't exist. It just means they're not seen. So I looked in the spirit realm and I saw a falling upon the map, a ball of fire from heaven. The closer to the earth, the bigger it got. Then when it came to the earth, it divided into small balls or sparks of fire and fell upon men. And I saw an army of men rise up. It seemed as though their hands were on fire sat upon their heads, tongues of fire. When I first saw it, I thought their whole head was on fire. But it was a tongue of fire, tongues of fire leaping. Now, we're talking about 1963. This is referring to the charismatic renewal. This is the charismatic movement that began in 1963 and went through the early 70s. Now, that's where I got saved is in 72. But it had already started back in 63 this is the charismatic movement, where denominations, whole denominations were split because people were getting baptized in the Holy Ghost and speaking with other tongues. Baptists were kicked out because they spoke in tongues. Assemblies of God (laughs) which carried Azusa Street revival, baptism, Holy Spirit uh, to the new generation after 1903. (laughs) A lot of those people were not filled with the Holy Ghost. Even though they were Pentecostal by denomination, they didn't have the bad business of the Holy Spirit. When we first started the ministry, we were down in Natchez, Mississippi, preaching in a church, Assembly God church, and the pastor was the only one filled with the Spirit. Well, all of that began to change. People began to get filled with the Holy Ghost, got the left foot of fellowship out of their denomination... But it began a revival. Brother, Brother Copeland got saved in 1962. That was the beginning of the charismatic revival. Then I came along in 1972. And all the people that were raising up churches all over America and around the world, spirit-filled churches, all of the shopping center churches, like ours, like yours, this one, that all began in the early 60s when the charismatic renewal... So in 63, 64, there was a major outpouring of atheistic communism, of racial hatred, and then comes the Holy Ghost and starts baptizing people in the Spirit. And this is what he saw when he said, I saw small balls, sparks of fire, fell upon men, and I saw a whole army rise up. Now, let's go over to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. And let's read this, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, and let's begin reading in verse 17. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory, while we look not at the things which are seen. In other words, we're not concentrating on the things that we see. You'd do well to turn off the ten spies' network. You, you, you'd do better to not... You, you all know what I'm referring to, the Ten Spies Network? <laughs> CNN? You know the ten spies that Moses... They you know, the, the came out of uh, the Promised Land. The ten of them came back with a negative report. Believe it or not, you're getting brainwashed slowly but surely. You're like the proverbial frog being boiled in the water. Just turn it up gradually. And the more you listen to that stuff... I'm not saying you should be uninformed. It's not a sin for you to watch that kind of stuff. But what will happen is it will gradually boil your mind and you become a negative thinker instead of a positive thinker. And you'll believe all the stuff that you hear and see on the news, social media platforms. Ted Koppel. How many of you remember Ted Koppel? Ted Koppel, he retired several years ago and blew the whistle uh, on uh, the secular media. And believe it or not, Barbara Walters followed him. She wasn't, as, she wasn't as grand as he was, but he said, Look, in the secular media, they don't tell us what to do, what not to do, how to do it. They just tell us that whatever we do has to make money. Uh, let me divert here to a little commentary. How many of you are tired of seeing uh, the television ads about Camp Lejeune, North Carolina... How about uh, the Medicare uh, Advantage programs? You know why that's on there? The government is taking your tax dollars to fund, to cover up their negligence of all the things that they let happen in Camp Lejeune. And so they're telling you, this is kind of a a carrot on a stick, Uh, they're telling you if you uh, lived or worked or drank water or took a bath, Call and you may be getting some of the pot of gold that the government has put up. Billions of dollars. But what happens when you call is your name and all the information that they get from you to see if you're qualified. Same with Medicare Advantage stuff. See if you're qualified. See if your doctor's still in the program. See if you can get something added to your Social Security. It's all a hook, a hook you in the jaw. Because it's against the law for those insurance companies to call you. So they have to get you to call them. And then you go into an insurance company and they'll get all the information on you and they'll sell it. Now who's getting all this money and why are these ads on there? First of all, the television stations are making millions because they're replaying all these ads about every five minutes. It, It stirred me to come up. If I was an electronic genius, I'd come up with a way to put something on your TV set that would cut out all the ads. (laughs) Cut out all the commercials. And somebody's tried that. I mean, I'm not talking about a DVR. I'm talking about just putting a filter on there where any time it goes from your programming to a commercial, the television goes, the audio goes off and you don't have to listen to it. But who's getting the money? Now, when you call and you find out they get all the information and they sell it and the lawyers. Uh, You ever heard of a, a term, and I'm not trying to be disrespectful, but have you ever, ever heard of a term called ambulance chasers? These are lawyers. They follow the ambulance and they, they get business, uh, you know, whatever happens. Uh, call us if you've had a wreck. We're going to take care of you. And, and you know, it, I guess you give them the benefit of the doubt. Some of them are honest. But they didn't have too good a reputation even with Jesus. You know, when the lawyers asked him a question, he, he knew he was in for you know, uh, 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 trouble. Because, uh, anyway, I'll move right along. Okay, 2 Corinthians 4. The things, uh, we are not to look at the things which are seen, but the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal. Oh, man, didn't you hear what verse 17 said? Our light affliction it's temporary. It's temporal. It doesn't last. It's only for a time. The things that we uh, endured were but for a moment. A moment of time. Because we don't look at the things that we see. We look at the things that are not seen, which are eternal. They're godly. Charles Caps used to use this example... He said his wife told him that, he got a, that, that she got a permanent. And he said, uh, okay. And the next month she got another permanent. And he said, well, then it wasn't permanent. <laughs> he, he said it was a temporary. <laughs> well, these things that the Apostle Paul is alluding to are temporary. The things that we're experiencing in our culture are temporal. I know, I I try to stay out of this because I have a lot of friends that are really into this uh, kingdom now business where we're going to perfect the kingdom of God and we're going to bring Jesus back when we get everything under control, when we dominate every sphere of man's culture. Then we're going to tell Jesus, okay, we've subdued the kingdom, now you can come back. That's not what the Bible says. The Bible says just the opposite. Jesus will set up His own kingdom. He'll subdue all things and He's going to kind of do all this. But anyway, I know a lot of people were really, I mean, their whole peace of mind and uh, their whole ministry and all the money they've spent uh, on these elections and stuff. And now what are they going to do? Their candidates didn't get elected. Their governor, their senators, their representatives and all the projects. And oh, well, Thank God the people of Arkansas had sense enough not to vote in uh, marijuana. I mean, you know, you don't have to have... Uh, but a third grade education to know that that is not what we want. You know, I never did hear any police officers stand up uh, against that stuff. But they're the ones that are going to have to deal for it. Well, it would be a good thing if it would fund the police because they're going to need a lot of funding. But why do we do that? Have you ever noticed that the gambling casinos, the ads always say, after they've tried to get you to the casino, it always says, if you have a gambling problem, call this number <laughs> and then they tell you to drink responsibly there's no such thing as drinking responsibly and now with the with the marijuana uh, they say if you have a drug problem so in one hand they're, they're feeding you this you know this death sentence and over here they're telling you if, if you got problems then you call us Well, why don't you just not advertise? Why don't you just not do it? You all know my testimony. I was in the liquor business for six years before I got saved. And I called on all the bars, package stores, lounges, hotels in Pulaski County. And I would go to liquor conventions and I would uh, go to the distilleries that we represented. And one time we had taken a trip to a distillery and they were showing us through the distillery. And we got to the end of the tour because we were the wholesalers and they wanted to help us sell the product, there was this, oh, I don't know how big the tank was, a stainless steel tank. It looked like a grain silo on the side of a barn. It was huge. And they said, now, all of this whiskey in this tank has been aged and taken out of the barrels and pumped into this stainless steel tank for bottling. Bottling? Yes. Yes. But when we open it up and start bottling the whiskey, we have to pay the U.S. government a million dollars in taxes. You know, that's, that's why you're never going to get rid of alcohol. It's too much money. Do you know how much the marijuana interests paid to get this marijuana on the ballot? ten million dollars they spent two million getting it to the ballot and another eight million uh, to add it to with all the TV commercials and once it was written into the Constitution they wrote it they wrote the they wrote the marijuana I- I- uh, amendment to get into the Constitution once it gets in there it can never be gotten out now you just talked to Jerry Cox of family counsel, and Jim Laron who's the head of the action committee, and the people that are in the know, they gave me the figures. So why do they want to do this? And they'll, you know, they'll tell you at the end of the ad, uh, if you have a drug problem, call this number. Well, why even bother to do it? Money. The love of money is the root of all evil. And $10 million is nothing to them. They would make that back in the first year. But at what cost? what cost to the American people. And thank God the people of Arkansas stood up and said, no, we're not going to go for this. We're not that stupid. You heard the story about the counterfeiters up in New York City? And they made a mistake and they counterfeited $9 bills. And they said, uh, what, what are we going to do now? we got a lot of investors. we printed all these $9 bills. How are we going to pass these things? And then one of them said, oh, let's go down to Arkansas. said, those hicks don't know any better. So they came down to Arkansas and they went in this store and said, sir, can you give me a, a change for a nine? He said, sure. They punched him and said, see there? Came back and gave him three threes. <laughs> <clears throat> So we're not as stupid as people think we are. (laughs) Okay, now let's go to Romans chapter 8. Do I need to explain that joke to somebody? (laughs) Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8 and verse 22. For we know that the whole creation groaneth and travaileth in pain together until now. And not only they, but ourselves also, which have the first fruits of the Spirit, we ourselves groan within ourselves, waiting for the adoption, the redemption of our body. We are saved by hope, but hope that is seen is not hope. For what a man seeth, why does he yet hope for it? But if we hope for that we see not, then do we with patience wait for it. Now where are we going to see... What we hope for in the Word, in the Bible, in the Scriptures. That's what we see. The blessed hope is Christ. We see what the Bible says. We see the faith. We see the prosperity. We see what God promised us in the Word. It makes no difference what's going on out here in the culture. I got a a text from a man who's a a friend of ours. Uh, We know... He and his wife, we prayed for him. She's overcome cancer, and he—he's in the business for himself. And he texted me the other day, and he said, "Pastor, he said I—I I, I don't want to bother you with this, but he said I need some help." He said my business is going down. All my investments are not producing, and he just went on down, 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 down. He said I need to talk to somebody. Can you? Can I call you? Can I help you? Uh, can you help me? I said sure. So I called him, talk to him. And I said, I know exactly what you're facing. Uh, I've been there myself. But I said, you cannot make your life decisions based on what's happening to you in your business, in your finances, in the economy. You can't make your decisions based on what you see and what you're experiencing. You have to make your decisions based on what is not seen with the eyes but what you know in your spirit. You cannot withhold your tithes and offerings because the economy is bad. You keep giving, you keep sowing. Galatians says, don't be deceived. God is not mocked. Whatever a man sows, that shall he also reap. So you have to sit down at the kitchen table and say, Father, I'm going to conduct my life according to the Bible. I'm going to believe that it's true. And I'm going to keep sowing, I'm going to keep giving, I'm going to keep tithing. I'm going to keep praising. I'm, going keep... I'm not going to go by what I see out there. Every, every time I hear a negative report out there, or, or some calamity, or, or, a, or a drive-by shooting. You know, I have said for years on Arkansas Live, I said, you know, you politicians and law enforcement offer, uh, uh, operators, if you'll just listen to me, I can tell you how to solve uh, the gang problem and the gang shootings and all that. Because most of the crime is gang-related. I said, you know who these gang members are. You know where they live. I've talked to law enforcement. I said, do you know where these gang members live? Oh, yeah, we know who they are and we know where they live. All you have to do is get some uh, legislator or somebody in the, in the uh, General Assembly, Arkansas legislature, to pass being a member of a, guy, a gang a felony and go arrest them and put them in jail. That'll stop all of that. Did you see the news the other day? They did just that. They've been working on this sting operation. They arrested 80 gang members. 80. And there's more that they're running after right now. And what I would like to see them do, go arrest these guys and gals, go put them in a special place. I mean, we've got lots of army barracks that are available and empty and you don't have to build another prison. Just put them somewhere and let us preach to them every day. Let us lay hands on them. Let us preach to them and get them saved and get them delivered. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Well, maybe somebody was listening. I don't know, but they did it just the other day. Arrested 80 gang members and put them in jail. Hallelujah. Okay, let's go over to Romans 8, 22. Wait, I already read that. Uh, Let's go over to um, verse 31. So what shall we say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? He that spared not His own Son, but delivered Him up for us all. How shall He not with Him also freely give us all things? Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? It's God that justifies. Who is He that condemneth? It's Christ that died, rather that's risen again. Who's even at the right hand of God? Who makes intercession for us? Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Tribulation, distress, persecution, famine, nakedness, peril, sword. Well, isn't it written, for thy sake we're killed all the day long, counted as sheep for the slaughter in Psalms? No. Everybody say no. 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 In all these things, we are more than conquerors through Him that loved us. Brother Shembach defined what more than a conqueror is. I mean, you know Brother Shembach is. He said, the heavyweight champion of the world, he fights the fight. He wins the fight. He knocks the opponent out. They give him the belt. World heavyweight champion. They give him the check, the prize money. He goes home. His wife greets him at the door. He gives her the check. She's more than a conqueror. (laughs) Why? She didn't have to fight the fight, but she got the money. You didn't have to fight the fight, but you got the prize. Hallelujah. Jesus fought the fight for you. Okay. I've got to slow down now. I'm beginning to sound like Pastor Philip. Okay. You keep on going down. And he says, "I'm persuaded that neither death nor life, or angels or principalities, powers, nor things present, things to come, height, depth, any other creature, shall be able to separate me from the love of Christ, uh, love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, my Lord." Now, if you back up to Romans two, Romans chapter two, uh, I, I'm sorry, Romans chapter eight, verse one. We were already in Romans 8. Here He begins to tell us about what it means to live life in the Spirit. Hmm. Not, not by what we've seen, but what we've not seen, but what we know. Therefore, there's no condemnation to them which in Christ Jesus who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free... From the law of sin and death. Now go on down to verse 5. They that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh. They that are after the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded, or to mind the flesh, is death, will lead to death. But to be spiritually minded, or spiritually minded, is life and peace, because the carnal mind is enmity against God. It's not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. We're subject to the law of faith. And I was talking about my friends that they've worked. You know, they they sometimes they've built a segment of their ministry based on politics and politicians and issues and et cetera. Well, there's a place for that, I guess. But you know, if if politics go the way they think uh, then they're up. If politics go the, don't go the way they think then they're down. My brother and sister God is not a Republican or a Democrat. He's not even an American. And if you base your faith and everything that you believe and do and see and act on what's happening out here in the political scene. I mean, I know people that if their candidate doesn't get elected, they're, uh, what are we going to do now? We're going to do the same thing we did before. We're going to trust God. We're going to keep operating His principles. We're going to keep operating in His laws, in His words. It makes no difference uh, who is in that office. I was telling Jenny all the way down here, I said, I, I think a lot of Christians don't realize that the sun does not rise and set on America. Now, I'm very patriotic. Hey, I I was in the military for six years and I took an oath to defend my country against all enemies, foreign and domestic. I lay down my life for it. I love America. But everything in this word is not just for America. It's for the whole world. It's for everybody. Every culture, every nation. And I think sometimes we forget that. There are going to be a lot of things that are going to go on that are written in the Bible, Matthew 24 especially. A lot of those things that you see that are going to happen are going to happen during the great tribulation period when you're not even here. The great innumerable company of people. Actually a worldwide revival. Now I know there are those that believe it has to happen before the rapture, but I can't find any place in the scripture that supports that. But I know that there's going to be a worldwide revival. The Bible tells you when it's going to take place. It's going to take place during the great tribulation period when the 144,000 Jewish evangelists preached the gospel to the entire world. And in Revelation it says these people are all up worshiping God. And the elder came up and asked an angel, said, who are these people? Standing before the throne of God. An innumerable, that so many they couldn't number. A multitude without number. Who are these people? He said, those are they that went through the great tribulation period and have their robes washed in the blood of the Lamb. Yeah. <laughs> hey, There's going to be millions and millions of people saved during the tribulation period. Hallelujah. And they're, and they're not necessarily going to look like you, smell like you, talk like you. They won't speak like you. I mean, heaven is not reserved for Americans. It's, it's, uh, heaven is not reserved for white people. Uh, there are people that think that. Uh, he, heaven is not reserved. Did you hear the story about the black man and the white man arguing over whether God was black or white? And they, they couldn't decide, they couldn't figure out. So, you know, they died. They went up to heaven at the same time, went up to the throne of God, and there was there was Jesus sitting on the throne. And he turned and he says, Ben it's this, Senor. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we've got this thing all figured out, we've got it all locked into just us four no more. <laughs> Hallelujah. I'm looking so forward to that. You know, I used to read a story about uh, John Chinaman. John Chinaman was a Chinese and uh, John Chinaman died. He was a Christian. And and, and before he died, they asked him and said, now, you're going to heaven? Yes. How do you know? Because I believe in Jesus Christ, Son of God. And asked him to come into my heart. And he said, well, okay. what are you going to do when you get to heaven? What's the first thing you're going to do? He said, well, the first thing I'm going to do is fall down at the feet of my, my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and thank Him for dying for me and thank Him for saving me. I said, what's the second thing you're going to do? He said, I'm going to find the missionary that came to my country and preached the gospel to me and I got saved. He said, well, what's the third thing you're going to do? He said, I'm going to go find the church member that supported the missionary that sent him to my country and thank him. Whew. The moral of that story is... When you get to heaven, is there going to be anybody looking for you for anything? Hallelujah. Well, I'm, I'm going to have to hurry up here. Okay, so then back to 63, the vision. Then he said, Son of man, forget not your text. You look at the things that are not seen. Now, we, we read that in the scripture. And uh, then, he, then he talked about the, the uh, fire Sparks of fire fell upon men. An army of men rose up. He's talking about the charismatic renewal. He's talking about the manifestation of the Spirit, the manifestation of tongues. He's talking about the charismatic renewal uh, where the baptism of the Holy Spirit was poured out. Uh, And then he said, before the worst shall come and the day of darkness shall come. Now he's talking about the great tribulation. There shall go to those who shall carry the fullness of my truth and fire, not only to the states of this nation, but to many other places. For there is a work that must be done first spiritually before the Lord shall come. Now prepare your hearts for the time is at hand and the beginning is now and you shall need, you'll see and you shall know. The hand of the Lord is upon you. Many others be used in these last days. Now he's telling Brother Hagin, actually what he was telling him to go back and, and he had started Ramah Bible Training Center, or was about to start it. And he was telling him, he said, you go, uh, I'll cause your tent to be enlarged. Your ministry will be enlarged. And you'll have an enlarged ministry. You'll minister to many, for you've ministered to a few. Go back to the earth, be faithful, give forth that which I tell you. Uh, for you have been reluctant in the days gone by to tell it. Now tell it boldly and speak in truth, and now is the day it shall be. For the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, The prophetic vision shall be restored to the church. Now, I I looked that word up, and it means divine order of current events. So that's what we're doing right now. Divine order of current events. The prophetic vision shall be restored to the church. Even in the days of old, under the old covenant, the prophet would see by vision and prophecy. And so the prophetic vision shall be restored to the church. This is the time, this is the hour, this is the place. Sixty years ago, He prophesied this. And everything that He said there came to pass. And you can check it out and verify it in the Scriptures. I want to go to one more Scripture in 2 Thessalonians, chapter 2. 2 Thessalonians, chapter 2. And let's look at verse 1. Now we beseech you, brethren, by the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ and by our gathering together unto Him that you be not soon shaken in mind or be troubled neither by spirit nor by word nor by letter as from us as the day of Christ is at hand. The day of Christ is referring to the second coming. How many of you know that the second coming of Christ has two advents? The first is the rapture. The second is His second coming. It always bothers me when I hear preachers and I was listening to one today and he was talking about the return of the Lord, the return of the Lord, the return of the Lord. And I thought, okay, tell us, define the return of the Lord. Are you talking about the rapture or are you talking about the second coming? Uh, the rapture is when we uh, caught up to meet him in the air. He doesn't come down. But the second coming is when he comes and we come with him. And, and he comes to set up his millennial kingdom. Hallelujah. Okay, let's let's keep on reading. The day of the Lord is at hand. But let no man deceive you by any means, for that day shall not come. Say, shall not come. come. Except there come a falling away first. Now, other translations uh, use the word departure. Unless there comes a departure first. A departure? Who? What? A departure. That the man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition. I don't know if you watch Arkansas Live on a regular basis or ha- read my H C email that comes out once a month, but I went on uh, um, record as to counter all of the talk about uh, nuclear war, uh, total collapse of our financial financial institutions, grid, so forth, and I said there will be no nuclear war or destruction of our financial grid until after the rapture. Putin is not going to fire nuclear weapons. Now, he may do some local stuff over there with different bombs and venues, whatever, but there will be no World War III. There will be no worldwide nuclear war until after the rapture of the church. Why? Why? Because the restrainer is still here. God. That's us. God. The church body of Christ is the restrainer. And there'll be no destruction of our financial institutions or our, our financial grid going down the tubes until after the rapture of the church. Because it says, except there come a f- falling away first, the man of sin, the son of perdition, they cannot take their place center stage until after the church is gone. Listen. Who opposes and exalts himself above all that is called God or that's worshipped so that he as God. Now he's talking about the Antichrist. Sitteth in the temple of God showing himself that he is God. Now all you have to do is go to Isaiah 14, Ezekiel 28 and it shows you that Satan wanted to be God. He wanted to ascend into heaven. He wanted to dethrone God that, that's what that Isaiah, Ezekiel 28, Isaiah 14 is all about. It's what the book of Job is all about. Satan wanted to be God. He resented and hated God ever since God put Adam on the earth because Lucifer was the original ruler of the earth. And it says he was in Eden. And then God comes along and makes a man in the image and likeness of God. Lucifer was not in the image and likeness of God. He was an angel, an archangel. And Adam comes along, made in the image and lights of God, and God puts him in the garden and gives him dominion over the whole creation. Oh, that infuriated Satan. And he's wanted to be God ever since. Wanted to dethrone God. But he can't as long as we're still here. As long as the church is still here. Now, I listened to a very interesting YouTube video the other day, which I very seldom do, but you know how you get on looking up something and something else pops up and you think, where did that come from? And this one was a guy, a preacher that was preaching a message on 10 minutes before the rapture and 10 minutes after the rapture. It's very interesting. And he said, I had to redesign my sermon about 10 minutes before the rapture because everything I thought was going to happen before the rapture you know, can't happen. He thought we were going to be notified. He thought we were going to have an earthquake and the sky's going to go dark and the thunder roll. Well, it doesn't say any of that in the Bible. It says you won't know. There's no way you're going to know if the rapture's going to take place. But he said, I did figure out and find out what's going to happen after the rapture. Ten minutes after the rapture. He said the first thing you need to know is that everybody that's in the churches all around the world, everybody that sits in the pew, everybody that calls themselves a Christian, is not saved. Not everybody. Only those that have been born again. Only those that have had a regenerative experience and they are born again, they are new creatures in Christ. He said everybody that goes to churches hadn't been born again. Not everybody. So he said they're not going, and he said, and then there's all kinds, and he, you know, elaborated on a few other things that people, they think they're going to heaven in the rapture because you know they go to church or they have perfect church attendance or they uh, give to the poor or they do all these. They think they're going for their good works. He said that's not true either. Hmm. He said so after the rapture of the church takes place, and you're seated in heaven you're going to think about all those people that aren't there. Maybe some family members. Maybe some people in your community. Maybe maybe people in your church. (laughs) What if you get to heaven and your wife's not there? What if you get to heaven and your husband's not there? I told you that's sorry, no good thing. No, no, no. (laughs) What if your children aren't there? They're innocent. (laughs) Terry James, who is a end times prophetic teacher, lives down here in Benton. You see him on VTN a lot with uh, SkyWatch TV, and you see him on Arkansas Live. And uh, he writes a blog every month, and I get a he sends me a copy of it. And he said, "You know, we haven't even begun to think about what it's going to be like without the rapture. I mean, after the rapture, just think all the mothers." They're going to go into their little children's room. They're going to go into the nursery to pick up their baby. And the baby's gone. And they think somebody stole the baby. What happened to my child? Think about that. There are going to be millions of people missing. And nobody knows where they are. And there are going to be people that are going to turn on ABC, CBS, NBC, and they're going to try to find out what's happened. And there will probably be preachers on those new program on news programs explaining what happened. But they're still here. The Bible says we will be changed in the twinkling of an eye. Changed. I know when I first got saved, Jeannie gave me a scroll that was done done by John Hall. Uh, for the assemblies of God, and it was it, it fit across the whole wall. I studied it for a year when I started in the ministry, and it and it, all the pictures I've ever seen it shows all the Christians going up to Jesus in the air. We're all like, now of course I'm dating myself. And you, my grandfather used to read the funny papers to me, and you see what he calls uh, little sweet pea gowns, and he said all these little people going up towards heaven. Their robes are tied off at the. End and little balloons, and they're all going up. Well, it says we'll be caught up to meet him in the air. I guess that's where they got that imagination from. But Corinthians says you'll be caught up, changed in the twinkling of an eye. One minute you're going to be sitting there, the next minute you're going to be there. You won't even know you've been on a trip. You're just going to be here. And then there. Whew, hallelujah. Anyway, uh, uh, we can't we we can't move on until we find out who this is that is restraining the antichrist. And I'm I'm saying all this so you you'll face the future tomorrow and the rest of your life with joy unspeakable, full of glory, with great anticipation, positive. You, you'll be excited about living uh, Satan won't be able to deceive you or get you down anymore because now you know the whole story as Paul Harvey used to say the rest of the story so Antichrist opposes and exalts himself he wants to be God he's sitting in the temple of God showing himself that he is God and, and uh, uh, John, I, I mean Paul says remember when I was with you I told you these things And now you know that what withholdeth, that he might be revealed in his time. Who is he that withholdeth? For the mystery of iniquity, and that's what we're seeing right now, lawlessness, doth already work. Only he who now letteth, he who hinders, will let or allow, he will continue to hinder until he be taken Out of the way. That's us. So we're going to be taken out of the way. The church company. Then shall that wicked be revealed whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of His mouth and will destroy with brightness of His coming. Hallelujah. I think my message for Arkansas Live next week is, or this week is, the indestructible church. Or maybe it's next week the indestructible church. Do you realize that Jesus said to Peter, the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. Hallelujah. Hell cannot prevail against the church. The church is secure in Christ. As long as you keep your eyes on Him, as long as you keep standing on the Word, I know it's tough. I've been there. When you you don't have enough month left. I mean, you don't have enough money left. Either one. (laughs) You can't pay your bills. But, you know, when when we were just saved and just starting, uh, the talk was, um, bread's going to go to a dollar a loaf. Gasoline, dollar a gallon. Hey, back when I was a kid, you, you, I, I used to pull in the gas station and I'd say, fill it up with oil and check the gas. <laughs> you all know what that means?
1: <laughs>
0: they could have hired, the city, county could have hired me to spray for mosquitoes, you know, all the fumes coming out of my tailpipe. <clears throat> But if you've got a dollar, you can buy the loaf. And gas was, what, 25 cents? Maybe less than that. So if you've got the money, what difference does it make how much it is if you've got what it takes? And if you keep believing God, serving God, planting and harvesting, using His financial, you know, grid, do not make any difference what anybody says. God's going to take care of you. Hallelujah. And we're looking for the rapture any day. Just just make sure you're ready. Y'all just take a a minute or two every day and don't do anything. Don't pray. Don't read. just, Just sit there and fix your mind. Set your mind on heavenly things. Think about what it's going to be like. You might open your eyes and be in heaven. I know when I first got saved, I was laying in bed. I was asleep. I was in that twilight zone just before you wake up. And all of a sudden, I heard my name called. Happy. Big booming voice. And I thought, oh, that's God. I've died. I've gone to heaven. I'm going to wake up, open my eyes, and be in heaven. I opened my eyes, and I saw the ceiling. And I was disappointed. Jeannie didn't hear anything. She sound asleep. What was it? God was calling my name. He was calling me, said I've called you into in the ministry. Just meditate on those things. Just just relax and enjoy, you know, what the Bible says. And then when trouble comes, just think, ah, I read the book, it's temporary. It's not permanent. It's not eternal. And then when you hear the talking heads, on TV or you read something on media or whatever and you tend to want to get upset you said thank God I know what the word says hallelujah I think a lot of times we minister to people that are on their deathbed, or dying or when I pastored we pastored 35 years we buried some folks and you had to go over and pray for them and you know console the family did, did a funeral just a few days ago you think oh what a, what a horrible situation to go through but when you know what the Word says, the Apostle Paul said, for me to live is Christ. To die is gain. Hallelujah. When Jeannie's mother went to be with the Lord and she was over at our house every Saturday and Jeannie and, she and Jeannie would shop every Saturday and and they just spent a lot of time together. Well, when her mother left, she just, you know, missed her. I mean, she wasn't lost. She, know, she knew where her mother was, but she missed her, so... She was at Dillard's where they used to always go every Saturday. And she was standing there and all of a sudden her emotions began to come. And, and all of a sudden she saw in the Spirit her mother. And when she saw her, she had her arms around Jesus like this and just smiling like this. And the, the, the communication was there wasn't any need for verbal. It was just Spirit to Spirit. The communication was, don't cry for me. I'm right where I (laughs) want to be. I'm going to stop with this. In uh, in the church, uh, I was up at the hospital praying for a man and and his wife. I I went up there to pray for his wife because she was dying. and um, She's sitting in the chair. He's standing beside her. And I'm right here. And she's kind of going back and forth. And all of a sudden... Her eyes rolled back in her head and she hit against the chair. He jumped up and grabbed her and shook her and said, No! You spirit of death, loose her! And all of a sudden she came to herself and she looked at him and she said, Why did you do that? Leave me alone. And it so, it hurt him, you know. He backed off, but he took it personal, like she didn't want to be with him anymore. (laughs) Men, look, if your wife sees Jesus, you're history, okay? (laughs) And and she said, why did you do that? Leave me alone. I tell you what, it took him two or three years to get over that. But it's real. To die is gain. Hallelujah. You know, at funerals, we've done a lot of them. People, you know, they cry, they weep. I even saw one lady try to climb in the coffin with her mother. And, uh, you know, they had to haul some of them out. You know where those ceiling fans came from? I mean, those funeral fans. fans, Funeral fans. I mean, you know what I'm talking about? Ceiling fans. Funeral fans. <laughs> it, it, it's to cool people off because they're fainting in the, in the pew. Huh. They get overwhelmed. There's one girl, she jumped in the coffin with her mother, and we had to pull her out. They need to be taught. They need to know that to die is gain. <laughs> okay, let's everybody stand. I'm through. Uh, I went over time 15 minutes. Hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Lord. Let's lift up our hands again. Oh, I, I want Jeannie to sing. Um, A song. Would you all like her to sing a song before we go? Yes. Okay, come on up here, honey. And I I told her I wanted her to sing this song at the end because it has to do with the peaceable kingdom. And I just read to you uh, a not so peaceable kingdom. So I want you to know that where we're headed is going to be a lot better than where we are. Okay, honey, go ahead. Get a picture of this.
1: I see a new heaven and a brand new earth Coming down from God above It's the holy city, New Jerusalem And its presence is filled with His love I behold, I have nothing to compare. as I looked in all around me. I sense the joy that fills this place. God Himself dwells with the people and is glory. It's the holy city, New Jerusalem, and its presence is filled with His
0: love. Pastor Michelle uh, and our son wrote that song. Uh, Pastor uh, Michelle asked if we would lay hands on on their staff. So uh, while David continues to play, if you're on the staff here, the faith builders, come on up and and let us lay hands upon you. And, you know, the, the Apostle Paul said he desired to impart something. So we'd like to do that if, if you would receive it, whatever you need.
1: Everybody
0: will stretch your hands towards their staff.
1: Keep working.
0: available
2: as our pastor's minister to us. Hallelujah.
0: Y'all just stretch your hands towards them and pray in the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. I receive, receive to the,
1: the
0: anointing. The God impartation that I've Thank you, Lord. Thank you Lord. Lord Jesus. As I Hallelujah. around me, I sense the joy that builds this place. Momoche, Papa Tatatabatti, wells with the people and his glory. Minococo it's Sacatala,
1: it's the King of our kingdom where the
0: King of the King of the King of the the King and There'll be no more tears. let be
1: and You
0: want us to lay
1: hands on oh. is near.
0: The I thought she was in line. get a Pendi mocoso di pelle Papa in <imitation> the kata. Te boko kosika patale keke kata la miki kele popo shi patade keke kosoto teko di boko sikapatike shi keke pepele Te di boko sokoto baba Kingendi boko sata manaka shi petike ko 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 sole bendi Kingeti po koshi patakata siketi Oh Toro Bori Pandemani kete keke. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh koshipete Pete Keki Kasamanikeke Keto Po kosata. Oh pokasiki kingele mo koshipiki. And toro monike keki siki bata la <laughs>
1: Kikekete
0: Popo Koko Shiki Patakatana Patakek. In the mosakete manakati kiki popo sotole popo shiketeti papatata. Keke siki patako koko patakalekete. And I started to say this to you earlier, but your anointing and your ministry is more than you realize is taking place. (laughs) Hallelujah, glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God.
2: Praise the Lord. Thank you, Pastor. Thank you, Sister Jeannie. So honored and thank you to all of you who are here tonight to receive We're grateful, aren't we? Hallelujah, let's just lift our hands and tell the Lord, thank you, Lord, for what we've received tonight. Lord, we receive and we will allow that word to condition our perspective in Jesus' name. Praise God. Well, listen, take what you've received, meditate on it, go back again, watch it on YouTube, feed on it, and let the peace of God reign in your life at all times amen praise the lord as we're preparing to dismiss will you join me in declaring the vision of our church the vision of this church is to build people's faith and to frame their world by the word of god you and i will always be world changers god bless you thank you for being here tonight thank you for joining us for this message we would love to hear from you if you have a prayer request or want to share how this message has helped you, send us an email at main at buildfaith.net. This message and many more materials are available to you free of charge, can be found at buildfaith.net or at any of our location media stores. As always, keep the switch of faith turned on and build your faith and frame your world by the Word of God.